Welcome to Happiness and Inside Job. This is episode 24, Spiritually Connected, and I'm your host, Connie Atkinson. Happiness and Inside Job is the go-to resource for Christian parents wanting to effectively communicate with teenage and young adult children, utilizing powerful life coaching skills. What if I told you your children don't need to change anything in order for you to have a fulfilling relationship with them? You can change everything about your relationships with others by merely changing the way you think about them. Imagine the power you find when you stop depending on others for change and you create the change. Suddenly you stop being the victim and you become the hero of your life. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for joining me again this week on the podcast. For those of you who are ready to really start applying these life coaching principles in your lives and become active doers, please come join me on www.happiness-andinsidejob.com. On my website, you can sign up to work with me one-on-one or you can sign up for group coaching classes. So whatever works for you, please come and actively apply these principles in your life. So this week I'm recording the podcast in Baltimore, Maryland. I'm visiting my oldest daughter and my favorite son-in-law and their three children, and we're celebrating my oldest granddaughter's birthday. Wow, does that ever bring back memories. So back up four years, and Dave and Kayla were living with me for about nine months while Dave and Kayla finished their schooling and had their first baby. So I was in the delivery room when Olivia was born, and I got to spend time with her every day for her first six months until they moved to Baltimore. And when they left, it absolutely broke my heart because cute little Olivia, I love being a grandma. I love spending time with her. She's one of my best friends. Now my heart, I knew this was a great opportunity for Dave and that it would be really good for their family to set down their own roots and to just be a family. That doesn't mean that it made it any easier as a mom and a grandma to let these sweet people that I loved so much go. So here I was, this mom who had all my kids at home, then Kayla went away to school, got married, came home for a little bit, left, Kara was then going away to school, and all my family was starting to scatter. Then when Kara went on a mission, she was very homesick, and it was actually her mission president, President Alexander, that introduced her, who shared it with me, to this concept of being spiritually connected, and I've thought about it almost every day of my life since. So Kara was very homesick, but she was an awesome missionary, and she went to him one day, and she said, President, I'm really struggling. I really love my mission. I really love serving, and I'm really homesick. And bless this man's heart, he did not make her wrong or feel guilty for feeling homesick. Kara was a leader the whole time she was on her mission. She was out serving and helping other people. She was a sister training leader. The day she entered the MTC, I remember her telling me, Mom, I really just want to cry because I miss you guys so much, but it's my job to help all these other sisters not cry. And so I've got to be the strong one. And she was. She organized little parties in their room at night. She did anything she could to help everyone be happy and to focus on all the things that were good in their life and in their present situation instead of focusing on what they missed. So when Kara went to her mission president and was talking to him about being homesick, he shared with her a very important concept that I 
have thought about every day of my life since. Now, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we believe that when we are married in the temple, that we are married for time and all eternity or sealed together as a family. And he said to her, Kara, the sealing power is more about a physical connection. It's a spiritual connection. And he said, right now, you're not physically connected, but your spiritual connection can be stronger than ever. Now, that is a really deep and really powerful thought if you really think about it. And honestly, I've spent the last two years thinking about it. What a powerful idea. And Kara's focus really shifted. Instead of focusing on not being with her sisters or on what she didn't have, she began to focus on what she could have and what she did have, which was a very strong and very spiritual connection with her sisters. And isn't she lucky that she loves her family enough to miss them? In fact, President Alexander told her, he pointed out to her, what a blessing it is that you love your family enough that you actually miss them. And Really, this is mindset. He was teaching her about mindset training and probably didn't even realize it. But from that moment forth, Kara really put her energy into what she did have. And one of the things she decided to do was to create this Book of Mormon that would pass around to all of the people in our family. So she read a certain copy of the Book of Mormon and she was studying it with a certain topic in mind. I can't even remember which one she chose. And she underlined all the references to this particular topic. And then she prayed about who to send it to and gave her six weeks to read the Book of Mormon, choose a topic that she wanted to research, and mark it up. So it was interesting with each person that read it, they got to see what concepts and words stood out to everybody before them. So not only were they reading the scriptures and learning from those, but they were also learning from their sisters and becoming more familiar with the topics and words and concepts that really touched their hearts. So I love this idea of being spiritually connected by reading the same book, the same physical copy of a book, and sharing your hearts with each other in that way. Now, as I contemplated this concept of being spiritually connected, I was reminded of my mother-in-law's funeral. One of the speakers was Elder Richard G. Scott, one of the general authorities for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He lost his wife years before he died, and he chose to never remarry. Now, when my mother-in-law died, he was a personal family friend, and he came and spoke at her funeral. And One of the things that he testified of was that we could continue to spiritually grow with her, even though she was already passed. Now, I love this idea of getting to know your ancestors and becoming more familiar with them, even though they have passed on. Now, one of the ways that we do that, Marianne is my mother-in-law. She's David's mom, and she's a very important part of our lives, even though she is no longer with us and hasn't been for quite some time. But we can still celebrate her birthday. We can still remind the kids of things that their grandmother did for them while she was here, things that were important to her. She was very dedicated to family. One of the things she did to spiritually connect the Atkinson family was to hold regular Sunday dinners. She was a very good cook. She loved to try different recipes. She would always try different recipes and bring everybody together. She invited us all of the time. 
and just wanted to get together and talk and get to know each other and know what was going on in each other's lives. That was one of the ways that she stayed spiritually connected. Now, I feel like there are so many layers to this idea of being spiritually connected. One of the layers, I believe, is making each interaction a meaningful interaction. One of my favorite thoughts is I can learn something valuable from everyone I meet. Now, the way that changes my life is that when I go to lunch with a friend, I am honestly seeking to learn something from them that will enrich my life and help me to be a better person. Now, again, this is about me living intentionally and looking for things, good things about other people that I can learn from. Now, to me, this idea of being spiritually connected isn't one more thing to add to your to-do list. It's about living intentionally and about making the time that you're gonna spend anyway, make it really count, make it valuable, and really use your time wisely. Now this past year in my family of origin, there have been some really tough trials that we have gone through. And it's been interesting to me how I feel more spiritually connected to my family of origin than I have ever been in the past. I am so grateful for my sisters and the support they are to me and the support I've in turn been able to offer them when they needed it. Now, growing up in a family of five kids, I mean, there were four girls and one boy. We didn't always get along, let's be honest. I don't think it's unusual to have siblings that you feel closer to, some that you really enjoy, some that you tolerate. In any case, this last year, as we've been through some pretty tough trials, we've had the opportunity to spiritually connect to really help each other out, support each other, to show love, and to have a place to turn when we needed support. Even people who are really, really strong most of the time, every once in a while need support themselves. And what better place to turn for that support than family? Now, whether you're a religious person or not, I don't think spiritually connecting is necessarily always a religious thing. I believe that most people, if not all people, regardless of their religious affiliation, have a need for a spiritual connection. So in the spirit of diversity and bringing new ideas to this podcast, I'd like to introduce you guys to my friend Tony. I've talked about her on the podcast before. Episode 16 is entitled The Ideal Friend, and it's all about Tony. Being the ideal friend is not about being perfect. It's about being authentic and about clearly communicating. If you haven't already done so, you'll definitely want to go back and check out episode 16, The Ideal Friend. Today, I'm going to bring her on so you guys can meet her yourselves. Tony is awesome. The first time I met her, we seriously talked for probably two hours because she's amazing. She's a single mom and has four kids that she's raising by herself, and her kids are amazing. Thanks, honey. <laughs> so she's got, let's see, tw- your twins are, are they going Six, to? Sixth, first grade. They're going into first grade. Oh, my word. They are the cutest things ever. And then your oldest is a sophomore. Fifteen, yep. Holy cow. So she's got the whole spectrum doing it by herself. And uh, we were talking the other night and she was telling me about her, you know, I love what you were telling me, Tony, about how you take a moment every night um, just to spiritually connect as a family to, you know, as a single mom, it's super easy to get like super overwhelmed with life and for sure come home from work and put out fires and... So tell me about what you do. Sure. So this sort of came about because as a kid growing up, we had 
time as a family every morning. My mom, you know, got everyone up and she made breakfast and we had scripture study and, you know, that's kind of what we did to spiritually connect. Mm -hmm. And um, I knew I wanted to do something like that, but something different. Um, I'm not a morning person. I don't get up. I'm not either. I don't get up early. I don't make (laughs) my kids breakfast. They have cereal, you know. um, Anyway, that's kind of how that goes. So you don't do things in the morning? No, we don't do things in the morning. So we're more night owls. Um, So what I decided to do is uh, have a thought that we talk about, whatever it is. And so I sort of pray in the morning about, you know, please help me, you know, figure out what I need to talk to my kids about tonight. And usually something comes up. Uh, For example, uh, today we went to a fireside. And um, the fire, the message was about having an attitude of gratitude, and it was about not giving up. And um, the kids, of course, went to the fireside, but didn't, you know, pay attention really well or understand, which is... Or they forget. Or they forget. <laughs> so we, tonight, we talked about the fireside, and we talked about the important points um, that Will made the during the fireside, and they get to ask questions, they get to participate... Um, so that's really fun. Uh, we talked about service and how we could serve others and why it's important to serve others and, uh, getting sort of outside of ourselves. So it gives us an opportunity to really sit down and, uh, connect on a spiritual level amidst all sort of the chaos because I'm a working mom, you know, I come home, I make dinner I need the house to be clean, so there's a lot of sort of barking orders around. I've got laundry to do. So you can sort of get lost and not really be talking to your kids. Sometimes people, I think, are talking at their kids and not really having real conversations. And um, I love to do that with them. I love to do that. You're really good at that. You've raised a really good point, and that's one of my favorite things about you is that Mm -hmm. you're really good about – asking your kids questions and you never answer for them. If there's somebody asking a question, you allow them the opportunity to answer it. And so I actually got to be here for their little devotional tonight, which was awesome. Yeah. And one part Tony left off is they always start with a song. Is it always the same song? Yes. So it's always the same song. So we always sing uh, A Million Dreams from The Greatest Showman. And that sort of started because... You know, when you get kids together and you're trying to talk about something serious, they mm-hmm. get the giggles. And so that sort of sets the tone. Um, it's a quiet song. It's a nice song. Everybody knows the words. Everyone loves the movie. It they has can a sing nice it or message. not sing it. They can sing it or not sing it. But they're know? not allowed to do flips. Right. <laughs> and they yes. have to sing quietly without giggling. And making faces, you know, or 15 trips to the bathroom. Oh, Brinley had at least two of those. <laughs> she did. Yeah. It, you know, but that's just real life, you know? Right. Oh, for sure. It's just real life. You you think you're going to get your kids together and have a serious conversation and everyone's just going to be prim and proper. And, you know, six and eight-year-olds always aren't like that. And sometimes 15-year-olds are like, oh, my gosh, is this over yet? But she was very quiet. She and was she very quiet. She laid there and was very respectful. And, yes, for sure. And... It, Cute little Ava knows every single word and note to that song. She does. I thought I knew it, but I could not keep up with her. Yeah. she's She loves that song, that's for sure. And it's really nice to set the mood. And normally it calms everyone down. So that's sort of how that started. Well, and I love how it just kind of wraps up everything for the day, too. Mm-hmm. You know, they each got a chance to 
ask a question or share something that they love from the fireside. But even if they didn't ask a question or say something, they did sit here and they listened to it. And in the end, we all held hands and said a prayer. And did. And Brinley said a great prayer. She did. She remembered you, the two great messages from the fireside to serve people and to have an attitude of gratitude. Please, Please help us, Heavenly Father, to have an attitude of gratitude. So hopefully tomorrow while they're at work, they will, you, well, no, while you're at work. Yeah, I wish they were at work. <laughs> I know, right? I could stay home. <laughs> Child labor. There right. could be something right. in that. Yeah. It could be great wisdom in that. But hopefully they'll remember to have an attitude of gratitude. And I love that just for at least five minutes, everybody can stop. Be yeah. quiet. Be still. Stop flipping and just yeah. spiritually connect. One thing I loved about what you did was you kept it really short and really simple and really sweet. There was a conference talk one time, and the guy said, sometimes we want in the worst way to be missionaries, and that's exactly what we are, missionaries in the worst way. And I think that's so interesting because it applies to everything. Like sometimes when we want so badly to do things, but we do things in with the wrong spirit, mm, right. like you lose the spirit. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? You mentioned in the beginning that your parents used to have, or your mom used to do scripture study at seven o'clock every day. Yeah. Now that's great. That's perfect if that works for some families. Right. Sometimes family home evening is referred to as family home fight. Right. And one thing that I love about what happened here tonight when I sat in on your devotional was it lasted as long as the kids could handle it. Right. And it stopped while it was still fun. Right. Because I think as a mom, I do. I try to take what I learned from my parents, right? And I try to twist it for what works for me and my family. Yeah, right? Because there's no magic formula. Right. If, they, if there were, parenting would be so easy. Right. But and really, you just draw from the good ideas and yeah. adapt, adapt, adapt. And then I give myself a break. I don't go, you know... That was my mom's thing. She was awesome at getting up before everyone else, making breakfast, making sure we all met. You know, that's not who we are. And that's okay. Right. Because what we do works for us. Right. You know? Right. And you do it to deliver your message and then you stop. Right. Which I think is a super, super important point to remember. Yeah. Because that spiritual connection is lost when you're fighting to make it happen. Yeah. It's true. I agree. So yeah, I love how you do difference. it. It's made a huge Even difference. Even a single family. mom with four darling little kids can yeah. stop and spiritually connect. You're a great example. Thank you. Thanks, Connie. Another perspective that has really influenced the way I think about spiritually connecting as a family and the time we spend doing so is that of a man who spoke of his sister who had the best of intentions but kind of ran her spiritual connecting time or her family scripture study like a concentration camp. It was required. It lasted a long time. It was at a time the kids hated. As a result, None of her kids ended up loving scriptures the way she does. This man spoke of watching his sister, and no criticism to her, but he decided from watching her that he wanted to do things differently. And instead of having rigid family time to do this, 
he took the scriptures and laid on his children's bathroom floor every morning and read as long as they were engaged and read as different waves of children came through getting ready for different grade levels. His goal wasn't to pass a certain amount of time reading together. His, his goal instead was to keep their interest keep the children engaged, ask questions, find out what they understood and what they didn't, what they had interest in and what they didn't. Now having scriptures read by a man laying on the floor may not sound very glamorous, but the kids learned and they learned to love the scriptures the way he did because he shared the message with love. Now my goal in publishing this podcast isn't to be critical of the way anyone does it, but rather to share different ideas on what works and what doesn't. And I would offer to you that there's no set right way to do things. If you are spiritually connecting as a family, if the spirit is there, then whether you're playing a game or having a deep gospel discussion, I would offer to you that it's been a success. My kids may tell you that we didn't have family home evenings when they were growing up. They couldn't possibly be more wrong. My husband and I found that when we sat down and said, we're having family home evening, it turned into family home fight and it was miserable for everyone. So what we did instead was to teach them when they didn't know they were being taught. We may not have had a formal family home evening per se, but we were definitely teaching them. We were definitely spending time together and we tried to keep it happy. Another thing David and I like to do is to get input. We try to ask the kids where they want to go on vacation, what they want to do. We call it forced family fun where we all go do things together, but everybody has input and we try to get around to doing everyone's ideas. With large families, it's really difficult sometimes to do activities that engage everyone. What David and I found helpful was to extract ideas from everyone and to take turns on whose ideas we did each week. And the kids knew, maybe this isn't my favorite activity this week, but I'll be a good sport. And next week, when we're doing my idea, everyone else will be a good sport about that too. The biggest piece of advice I could offer is don't give up. Know that it's important, keep it fun, keep it short, and stop while it's still fun. Don't drag it out so long that everyone, including yourself, is completely miserable before your activity is over. Tony's devotional message was short and sweet. Have an attitude of gratitude and serve other people. I like to think of spiritually connecting as working smarter rather than harder or living intentionally, where you intentionally take time to focus your lives on what's most important. Love each other, respect each other. What are the goals that the individual members of your family have? What are your family goals? What are you working towards? And what can you do together to make those goals really happen? I love the example of the twigs. Individually, twigs are strong and important, but together, if you put a big bundle of them together, they are almost impossible to break. Let's unite, work together for our purpose, and together, remember, we are nearly impossible to break. Whether you're a morning person or a night person, Make sure that you take time as a family to spiritually reconnect and to remember what your purpose is and to make it a safe space where each person can genuinely share where they're at and what they're going through, what's hard for them, what's easy for them, and how can we strengthen and support each other. Remember, it's during hard times that we truly have the opportunity 
to love and support each other like we never knew possible. I'd also encourage each of us to focus on progress, not perfection. All that matters is that we're a little bit better today than we were yesterday. Speaking of improving yourself, on July 1st, there will be a new habit of the month on my website, so make sure and check that out. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Connie Coaching and on Facebook at Connie Atkinson. Let's support each other as we set and achieve goals one baby step at a time. And also, if you'd like personal help from me working on your goals, please sign up on my website at www.happiness-andinsidejob.com for personal one-on-one coaching. As always, the biggest thank you you could give me if you enjoy this podcast is to share it with your friends and leave me a rating review. See y'all next week.